It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. Welcome to 2022. This is our first show of the year this Monday, January 3rd, 2022. And I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here. And this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'm very excited about this month because the 10-year anniversary of Success Profiles Radio happens this month on January 16th. So two weeks from now, we will be celebrating the 10-year anniversary show. You do not want to miss that. It's going to be fantastic and amazing. I do want to share uh, for a minute or two, some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every week, and you know this is true if you've listened for enough time over the last 10 years. As we are now in a new year, I've had some great conversations with people about who they are and where they are going in life. And in a couple of those conversations, I decided to ask a new question, and it's simply this. What is your plan for world domination? Now, this is really a different way of asking someone what they believe they are meant to do in life and how they are planning on bringing about a positive result for themselves and for others. I find it interesting to hear the various responses I get, and I'm excited to hear someone when they have a really specific answer to that question. People who are highly successful are laser focused on what their purpose is. They know what they're here to do, and they know how they plan on getting it. Does it always work out for them exactly the way they plan? No. But the fact that they have much higher level goals than most people in the world speaks to the level of success that they are attaining. Because even if you don't quite hit your very high goal, you're still going to get somewhere a lot higher than most people will. So my challenge to you this week is ask yourself, what is your plan for world domination? It can be as big as being a world-class expert in a given area, or it's something as simple as uh, living in such a way that people remember you well. The choice is yours, and always remember, it is a choice. With all that in mind, let's get started. We have a lot to talk about today, and I do not have a guest. It's just me and all of you for the entire show today. I cannot wait for us to get started. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and I would be really honored if you did subscribe and if you did leave a review. I love checking the charts every once in a while. I learned this week that the show is charting very highly in Bermuda, of all places. <laughs> in fact, it's the number four rated show in the careers category in Bermuda. That's random, right? But I, I love reading stuff like that because it means people are listening and they're paying attention. And I love knowing that there is an audience for this show. So this week's topic is about book writing and how you can get started. I do come back to this topic every once in a while on the show, and it's because I'm a book writer. I'm a ghost writer. I released my fifth book in December, and it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from My Dad. And I would be very happy and grateful if you would go on Amazon and pick it up. The Kindle version is $2.99 right now. The paperback version is $14.99. It's been selling very well. 
And that project was born uh, when my dad passed away in February last year. We're coming up on the 11th month anniversary. And it was a very difficult time. I won't lie. I mean, for any of you out there who have lost a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know that when I lost my grandparents, that was a difficult enough experience, but I dreaded the day that I would begin to lose one or both of my parents. Thankfully, my mom is still here, but losing my dad was definitely a life-changing event. February 17, 2021 was a life-changing event, and I cried almost every day for six solid weeks. Now it's only two, three times a month, but it's still a very significant event. In fact, Christmas was really hard this year because the energy around opening gifts was different. Uh, Christmas dinner was different. Um, shopping was different because I didn't have to shop for my dad. I wanted to, I really wanted to, I was just dying to get him a Lowe's gift card or something that I knew that he would appreciate, but I didn't do that. And so in fact, I, I bought a Lowe's gift card and gave it to a friend of mine for Christmas instead this year, because I just felt like I needed to keep some kind of routine. But when something that disruptive happens in your life, the best thing you can do is to do something very productive with it. And so writing a book was that thing that I did. And I invited 28 people to collaborate and share their dad stories. And one thing I love about a book like that is it has impact on a lot of people because dad stories are very relatable. I mean, a lot of us had great relationships with our dads. Some people didn't have necessarily a great relationship with their dad. And for some people, their dad was completely absent. I don't know which camp you fall in, and I'm really sorry if your dad was not present in your life. I'm very, very lucky that mine was. And I learned a lot. And going through and revisiting some of the stories that I had about me and my dad was really fun because it caused me to reflect back on my childhood at some of the silly things that I did and the lessons that I learned. As an adult, I wouldn't do most of the things I did as a kid, obviously, but that's where we learn how to become a leader. And I think my dad's job of raising a leader was fulfilled. So I'm very happy and grateful for that. And I was glad to document that in a book. It's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From My Dad. So we will talk about this and some of the other books I've written and some of the books I've written and helped other people write. And we will talk about the process of getting your book done. But the very first thing I want to talk about is why people don't write a book. If you think about it, a lot of people want to write a book. In fact, over 80% of people say they want to write a book. And that's according to a New York Times article but fewer than 1% actually do. And, and you have to wonder why do so few people actually write a book? Well, there are some very good reasons. Number one, a lot of people don't think they're good enough writers. They didn't do well in English. So they think that somehow they're disqualified from writing a book. Well, I'll tell you something. I know people who didn't do well in English but they still wrote a book. And sometimes it's because they source it out and they don't do it themselves. In fact, if you think about it, politicians, musicians, celebrities don't necessarily write their own books. Think what you will about President Trump. But when he wrote the book, The Art of the Deal, he didn't sit at his typewriter. Yes, this was pre-internet. He wrote that book in the 80s. He did not sit at his typewriter and type. He does not have that kind of time. So what he did is he brought his assistant along with him in the back of the limo when they would go from place to place and he would talk his thoughts out loud and she would shorthand it on a notepad and then she would type it out because she was a very quick typer and she would show her notes to him and he would ask she would ask him to approve of what she wrote down and he would make suggestions about the things that he wanted to change or the stories they wanted to add that's how the art of the deal got written it was a number one 
uh, best-selling book, and it's it's the first Donald Trump book I ever bought, and it was really fantastic. It's it gives tremendous insight as to how he thinks about real estate, how he thinks about putting deals together, how he creates win-win scenarios about how he gets done faster with projects that other people waste time and money on. It really gives you a lot of insight into who he is as a businessman. But he did not quote unquote write his own book. He dictated it. He had someone type it out and he had final approval over the content. Robert Kiyosaki, someone that Donald Trump has collaborated with on a couple of books, is not a great writer. In fact, he would tell you all day long he's not a great writer. He very frequently jokes about how he's not a best writing author. He's a best selling author. And in fact, when a journalist asked him about that, she became very annoyed that he had the gall to write a book when he didn't do well in English. She thought that he was somehow disqualified for writing a book. But Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of the most influential books in the last 25, 30 years. And it's a book that I quote a lot and reference a lot when I talk to people about writing books. So you don't have to be a best writing author. All you have to do is find someone who's really good at sales and marketing to get your book to the top of the charts. And you just need to have a valid message that presents a, a valid idea. So reason number one, a lot of people think they are not great writers as to why they don't write their book. Reason number two, why people don't write their books is because they don't think they have anything to say. I would argue that that is false. We are all good at something. Even if only one person is impacted by the message you have to share, it is worthwhile. Let's just say that you went through something really traumatic, such as losing a parent, like I referenced earlier. If I did not share that message with people, it would not have given people a chance to remember my dad, especially the people who knew him. It would not have given people an opportunity to get a window into my life because I was very vulnerable in places. It also would not have allowed other people to share their stories. And I would have denied other people the opportunity to be impacted by the lessons I learned from my dad. So you do have something to say. Sometimes you have to really think about what that would be. You have to think about what your message is going to be. And again, even if only one person is impacted by your message, you will have done good in the world. In fact, I would argue that there is someone out there who needs your message that is not getting it because you have not written your book yet. So do not deny other people the opportunity to hear your story, write your book. So that's the number two reason why people don't write their books. Number one, like we talked about, people don't think they're good writers. Number two, they think they have nothing to say. And the third reason why people don't write their books is they just don't think they have time. Well, I'll tell you what, we can all make time somewhere for the things that are really important to us. In fact, if you wrote a couple pages a day, you can have an entire book done in just a few weeks. You just have to find the time. And Additionally, like I mentioned before, you can source it out to someone who's really good at writing. That is a great return on your time. So you can find the time if you really, really, really want to. And we will talk about some ways that you can actually make that happen later in the show. So we've talked about why you don't write a book. Let's talk about reasons why you should write a book. Number one, it's a bucket list item for a lot of people. So people will write a book because it's something they've always, always wanted to do. Another reason why people should write a book is because I know people who have used that as a lead generation tool in their businesses. They can give a copy to someone who they think could be a potential client. It gives them an opportunity to see who you are, how you do business, the way you are, what your values are, your core values, and it gives them insight as to who you are, how you do business, and how you interact with your customers. So it can be a great lead generation tool for your business. 
Another reason why you should write a book is because you have higher perceived credibility in the marketplace. If you are competing with others in your niche and you were the only author, guess who has the credibility? Let's just say, for example, you are in the trades. Let's just say you are a modeler. If someone is calling three different remodelers and reaching out to three different vendors is a very common practice, and you are the one who wrote a book, guess who they think is the more credible source? That would be you. So write a book. That would be great. And we will talk about other reasons why you should write a book when we come back from the break. We've talked about why people don't write a book. We've talked about why you should write a book. And we will talk about what you need to get started when we return. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. News Daily reported a story from Career Builder that gave some humorous examples of actual job interview blunders. One Boris Norris candidate decided to take off his shoes during the interview. Probably not the best idea, even if you don't have smelly feet or autobromhydrosis. Another job applicant brought a how-to-interview book with him to the interview. Then he asked, what company is this again? And my favorite, the candidate who asked for a sip of the interviewer's coffee. That will cause a latte problems, and also it's a bit bumptious. And finally, one job applicant asked the interviewer if they could wrap it up quickly, because he had another appointment. And a special thanks to our armed forces, men and women serving at home and abroad. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and I am very appreciative that you are with us here today. We are talking about book writing and why you should write a book. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do that on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And I would love a review. That would be really awesome. In fact, if you ask Alexa to play Success Profiles Radio, she will play you the most recent episodes. So starting tomorrow, you'll hear this episode again. But I would love it if you would download and subscribe and leave a review. That would mean a lot. So we're talking about reasons why you should write a book. The first three things I talked about was fulfilling a bucket list item, using it as a lead generation tool for your business, and it gives you higher perceived credibility in the marketplace. Another very important reason why you should write a book is because you can have revenue streams from the book. You can create a coaching program. You can do retreats around your area of expertise where people will come to you and you can go to exotic location. You can learn. You can do workshops. I could do a book writing workshop 
and have a retreat where we spend an entire weekend writing a book. In fact, that is a future thing that I plan on doing. You can host masterminds. You can speak on stages. You can write more books. You can even get clients from your books. In fact, Robert Kiyosaki, who I referenced earlier, did his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And throughout the book, he referenced his cash flow game. And at the end of the book, there was a page where he invited you to buy his cash flow game. So he had a motive for writing the book. Yes, he provided a ton of value. It was a number one bestseller, but he also sold a lot of cash flow games. And so it was very well worth it for him to provide that much value because he got so much more out of it in the end. Another reason why you should write a book is because it gives you a lot of material to repurpose. You can use the material in your book to create a course. Uh, you can use the material in your book to repurpose into magazine articles. In fact, when I ghostwrite books for people, I will re repurpose chapters from their book and put it in Success Profiles magazine. So that's stuff that's already been written. All I have to do is review it and make sure that it has been properly edited and I put it in my magazine. And that gives me months of material from that author. And they don't have to do anything else because we've already co-created the content. You can do Facebook Lives from content in your book. In fact, when I did my first two conversations with high achievers books, what I did is I did a Facebook every live or every uh, every day, a Facebook live every day around one topic, around one chapter in my book. And I would move to the next chapter on day two, the next chapter on day three. And then when I was done with all the chapters, I would go back and revisit another idea from chapter one, another idea from chapter two. And it gave me content to do Facebook lives every day for a month or longer if I would have chosen to do so. So you can repurpose material in your book over and over and over again because there will always be someone who has not read your book. So you can reach an audience. Another way that you can repurpose your article is, uh, well, like I said, doing Facebook lives, but you can also do presentations from stage. If you are an expert in a topic, and of course that would be why you would write a book, you can do a 45 minutes to an hour presentation or a training around your area of expertise and you can get paid very, very well from stage, whether they pay you a fee or whether they pay you a back end commission on the revenue that you generate. Because sometimes event planners like to split the revenue with you if they let you sell from stage, but you can still make a lot of money. You can also create coaching content. You can also create a, con uh, a podcast around your area of expertise. And I know people who have done that. They've branded their book and their podcast to be the same thing so that there is synergy in their brand. So that's also a very, very good idea. So those are some important reasons why you should write a book. So let's say that you've decided to start writing a book. There are three things in my estimation that you need before you get started. Number one is have a clear message. What is your purpose and what impact do you want to make? What should people take away from your book after reading it? And so you need to think about what you want people to, to do or believe when your book is done. What purpose do you have? Are you looking to educate people about your topic? Are you looking to entertain? Are you looking to memorialize somebody like I did with my dad book? Are you looking to teach a lesson? Are you looking to change the world somehow? You know, if you were writing a book about growing your own food, as an example, that's a very different way of getting people to think about things, especially with supply chain issues being what they are. So what purpose and what impact do you want to create because of a book? So have a very clear message and a very clear reason for writing your book. Number two, you need to think about what your audience wants. 
And I do believe that the perfect topic your book of your book is the intersection of three things. Number one, what you know a lot about. Number two, what your audience wants to know about. And number three, what your audience will pay for, because you do want people to buy your book. Once again, I'll say that what you know a lot about, what your audience wants to know about, and what your audience will pay for. So the intersection of those three things, I believe, would be your perfect topic for your book. As I alluded to a little bit earlier, you need to have an end game. And that's the third thing you need before starting. You need to know why you're writing the book in terms of what you want to have next happen for you. What do you want your audience to do? What do you want them to change? How do you want them to feel? How do you want them to believe? Do you want them to buy something from you? Do you want them to continue your journey with them somehow? Do you want them to join an email list? Do you want them to buy a coaching program? Do you want them to buy something else from you? Do you want them to attend an event? Remember how I mentioned Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He talked about how his end game was to get you to buy his cash flow book or his, yes, his cash flow game. Another great example, T. Harv Eker in his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, great, valuable book about how you should think of money differently, how rich people think about money differently than people who are poor or who are middle class. And throughout the book, he alluded to the idea that he has a weekend course that he does for free. He and his team will do this for free all over North America and all over the world. I attended that three-day event several years ago. In fact, it was 10 years ago before I started this show because I was getting ready to start doing my radio show when I attended that event. And there was a ton of value. It was three days of jam-packed value. Now, the caveat to that is he and his team, he wasn't there personally, his team at the end of every session would very aggressively sell a program that they wanted you to participate in and continue your journey with them further. And so the numbers work out for them so that they can afford to let you come to the event for free because they know they'll make enough money on the back end in order to make up for it and then a lot more. So what do you want your end game to be? What do you want your audience to do to participate with you in your journey once the book is done? And that's the piece that a lot of people don't get. When I talk to my clients about an end game, they say, what do you mean? Well, what do you want them to do? I don't know. Do you want them to get on your email list? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Do you want to get hired to speak? Sure. Do you have a coaching program you want them to enroll in? I don't know. Do you have a retreat that you want to invite them to? Do you have a live event? What is it that you want them to do to participate in your world once they read the book? Because you don't want them to just leave, read the book and then you never hear from them again. You want to continually engage with them and build your community, right? That does sound like a great idea. So think about how you want to create and build your community by using your book. So have an end game in mind. So again, the three things you need before you start, number one, have a clear message. Number two, know what your audience wants. And number three, have an end game. What do you want people to do, think, believe, and change once they're done reading your book? So how do you get started? That's the magic question. Sometimes people are really stumped about what their topic should be. Well, ask people you trust, what do you expect me to write about if I was to write a book? The answers may surprise you. Well, think about this. What do people compliment you on all the time? You're really good at this. You should write a book about this. I love the way you helped me. I love the results I got when you explained how to do X. Maybe there's a book in there for you. So think about asking people, what would you expect me to write about? Another thing you can think about in terms of how to get started and, and what topic to pick is think about the kinds of things that people ask you about all the time. Are there questions 
around your area of expertise that people ask you all the time. Not only does that mean that you have a great topic for a book, but it also means that a structure could be revealed for you. One format you can use to create your book is a question and answer format. And this could be the basis for chapters. In fact, if you were a real estate agent, for example, and you weren't sure how to structure a book, think about the questions that first-time buyers and sellers tend to ask you all the time. That could be the basis for short questions and answers. And that's a great organizational structure that you can start with, and that's a great way to start an outline. Once you have an outline, think about the stories that you want to tell. A lot of people come to me and they say, I want to tell my story, okay, and? What do you mean, and? And, what do you want to have next? why do you want to tell your story? Well, I don't know. I just want to tell my story. Okay, that's not good enough. Your stories in your book should support the ideas that you want to talk about. So in other words, it should not just be a rambling set of stories because people will wonder, where are you going? People like structure. People like to know what direction you are moving the reader to. Not necessarily that there's a a plot because that's a fiction book. But if you're writing a nonfiction book, you want to go A through Z to talk about your topic and how to navigate through your topic and how to learn more about the topic and how you can do things and why you should do things and what you should do. So the stories in your book should have a reason and a purpose and stories do sell. So you want to have a lot of stories. Now you might think of a lot of stories, but just because you have a lot of stories doesn't mean you need to tell all of them. In fact, you might have enough stories to fill more than one book. In fact, when I work with ghostwriting clients, And they tell me, I have so much stuff in my head, I don't even know where to start. And in some cases, I ask them, are are you trying to write more than one book at a time? And the light bulb goes on. Maybe I am. Well, here's what you need to do. Focus on the book that we're working on now. Get several notepads and think about what else you might want to write a book about. And then critically think about whether your current idea belongs in your current book or whether it belongs in a book you plan on writing some other time. If the idea belongs in a book you want to write some other time, write enough down that you won't forget about it and then leave it alone and come back to it later. So this way you are clearing the space because if you don't write something down, you will forget it. Do not trust your memory that you will just gravitate back to that idea. It won't happen. So write it down somewhere somehow and go back to it some other time. So how else can you get started? Well, you can certainly type your book. That's how I did my first book, a student leadership book. You can also speak into a recorded line and get it transcribed and you could have your book edited and you would probably want to pay an editor for that just to get a second set of eyes on that. But that's what you can do to get started. In fact, when I work with clients, we talk about all the things that we plan on addressing. We come up with some kind of a plan and then we do a series of recorded interviews and then I get those transcribed and and downloaded and that gives me the skeleton to work with. And if the client has anything they want to add, they can always feed me more content later if they want to. But those are some things you could do to get started. When we come back from the break, we will talk about places where you can find content for your book. And some of the answers to this might surprise you because once you have your idea, your next question is, what am I gonna say? How do I know if it's going to be valuable? How do I know if it's any good? Well, I can just about guarantee you that you've probably already created some content that could be the basis for a book. And we will talk about those ideas when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back on the other side. Please stay tuned. 
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And this week we are talking about how to get started writing your book. We've talked about reasons why people don't write their book, reasons why you should, and we've talked about how you get started. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, please go ahead and do that. It is a monthly digital publication. We celebrated our four-year anniversary in December. Kevin Harrington was issue number one. And uh, issue number 50 is coming up this month. So you can go to successprofilesmagazine.com. You can choose your subscription option. The first seven days is a dollar. You can pick whether you want to subscribe annually, monthly, or one time forever. And it's super, super reasonable. Why wouldn't you? You can read every single issue that we've ever created. In fact, if you read one issue every day, it will take you almost two months to go through the entire website. So we're adding to it all the time. Successprofilesmagazine.com. Go ahead and subscribe today. So... Now that you have an idea of what you want to write about, how can you curate content for your book? Chances are you have probably already created content that would be a perfect fit for the book that you plan on writing. I bet you haven't thought about that. So here's what you can do. If you have a Facebook group, and you should around your area of expertise, ask questions in your Facebook group and have people share their experiences with your topic. For example, I coached a client who wanted to write a book on the power and importance of being resilient, the power of overcoming horrible things. And she was having a challenge finding content. And she mentioned that she had two Facebook groups. And I said, this is your answer. You need to ask people to share their resilience and overcoming stories in your Facebook group. And she said, that's a great idea. In fact, she had probably 25 or 30 people share their stories. And all of those stories became part of her book. So she had people help her create the content. So you don't 
have to create all of the content yourself if you don't want to. You certainly can. You're more than welcome to. But if you have other people's short stories, that can supplement the points that you yourself are making. And they can add a whole new element of discussion that maybe you would not have thought of yourself. So invite other people to share their stories on your topic. Other places you can find your content, your own life experiences. I alluded to the example of the lessons I learned from my dad and how I created a book about that. And I invited 28 other people to share their dad's stories. And so sometimes the things that happen in your life can be great places to draw from in order to write your book. Let's also talk about some of the things you may have written or created already. For example, if you write magazine articles, you can repurpose that into a book. In fact, one of my most regular contributors to Success Profiles magazine turned in article number 50, and he plans on turning all of those articles into a book sometime during 2022. It's a brilliant idea. He's hilarious. He's insightful. And I cannot wait to read his book. And in fact, I have already read his book because I've read all 50 of his articles, but I can't wait for him to share his message with the world because he he's an amazing, amazing gentleman. Steve Gamlin is his name. and He's been on this show a number of times, but you can repurpose magazine articles that you've written into a book. If you love writing blogs, you can repurpose your blogs into a book. In fact, when I interviewed Jeffrey Ginnimer several years ago on episode number 100, I asked him, when did you decide to write a book? He said, I never actually decided to write a book. I just started a blog about all the stupid things that salespeople do, and I decided after 100 entries that I had enough for a book. How brilliant is that? He never really set out to write a book, but he had enough content to do so. Another thing you can do is do a bunch of Facebook Lives around a similar topic. I have a client who did several Facebook Lives around a single topic, and we turned that into a book. You can also use online courses that you may have created to create a book. In fact, I have a client whose course we turned into a best-selling book. In fact, Book Authority recently ranked it as the number one LinkedIn book of all time. And that book is called The the LinkedIn Book for Network Marketing by Scott Aaron. And he wants to do volume two sometime this year. I look forward to potentially working with him on that. So you can turn an online course into a book. You can also turn Facebook posts and LinkedIn posts into a book. In fact, my friend Steve, who I referenced earlier, post content very regularly about things that are going on in his life. And sometimes I'll message him and I'll say, I think that'd make a great magazine article. And he said, you're right. And he would create a magazine article around it. And now he's going to turn his magazine articles into a book. So you can use things that you've posted about and turn that into something much bigger. So use things that you've written or created already. Something else you can do to create content is to get inspired by what other people have written. Maybe something that you've read may trigger something similar that you've experienced that you can write about. Sometimes when you read something that perhaps you don't agree with, you can use that as the basis for something that you can write. Let's just say for the sake of example, you've read Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Let's just say that you don't think it really starts with why. Maybe you think it starts with something else. That might be the basis for something for you to write about. So look for reasons to disagree with experts if your point of view is valid and you can back it up. And that might be something really provocative that you can write about. So think about being inspired by whether others have written, whether you agree with what that has been written about or not. Sometimes the thing that you are writing about once you get started could evolve into something completely different. One great example of this is when I wrote my student leadership strategies book back in 2009. In fact, I was brainstorming for this idea for this book in 2008 I was sitting out in the patio on a nice sunny day here in the Phoenix area, 
And I decided to write at the top of my page what makes an excellent leader. I had a notepad, a legal pad, and my goal was to come up with 21 ways that people could become an excellent leader. And I brainstormed and came up with 30 of them. But as I started writing, I realized that some of the ideas were really similar. So I started merging ideas and that list of 30 evolved into a list of 21, which was my original intent to begin with. So I felt like that was a huge win. So sometimes the thing that you're writing about could evolve into something completely different. I have another example of this. I'm working with a client now who's in the trades and a book about how to fix something may not be inherently interesting because you can look on YouTube or you can read an owner's manual to the appliance that you want to fix and get everything you need there. So we need to come up with a different angle. We decided at first that this would be a core values book because he wanted to use this as a lead generation tool to attract potential customers to his business. We realized that that by itself probably wasn't quite enough, but we are still incorporating that into the book. Now the book should be about why you should hire people in his industry, not just when something goes wrong, but he wanted to have this book be about instances where people might want to hire someone in his industry other than just when something goes wrong. And so we're going to use that as a lead generation tool for possible clients about why they should hire his company. So sometimes as you begin writing and brainstorming ideas, the idea will become much, much bigger. In fact, I coached a client one time and his book was about how to become unapologetic. It was about the idea of just owning who you are and just being fabulous and amazing who you are and not worrying about what other people think of you. And as our coaching sessions continued, the idea got bigger and bigger and bigger. And he decided that this needed to be an entire movement. He did a TEDx talk about this topic after the book was done. I'm just so proud of him and how that turned out. But sometimes the idea gets much bigger than you. And sometimes the market will tell you that. So don't be married to the idea that you start with. It could turn into something much, much bigger as you move along. And as you start telling people, this is what my book is going to be about. And in fact, before this show today, I asked my Facebook group, Authorpreneur Live, if I was to create a course about writing a book. And yes, this episode is going to be the basis for a course that I plan on filming in a few weeks. What would you want to be in the course? And they gave me some wonderful ideas that I'm incorporating today and will incorporate when I film the course in a few weeks from now. So don't be afraid to ask for feedback. Another thing that I want to talk about is once you have decided to start, you need to set aside a regular time to write without distractions. Now, I know for some of you that may be challenging. You have family obligations. You have young children. You have pets that demand attention. You have outside forces that demand your attention. But figure out what time of day works best for you. I am a morning person, and I feel like that is when I am most creative. You might be an evening person, but if you can find 30 minutes of uninterrupted time every single day, you can write two or three pages a day, and you can have a book done in just you know two or three months. In fact, something else I do when I write, because I don't want to be distracted, I have instrumental music playing in the background, or at least music that I know very well. Because when I'm playing unfamiliar music, I tend to get distracted by it, and I tend to be focused on the music more than I am in my own thoughts. So have instrumental music playing in the background. I know that I feel a lot smarter when I'm playing Beethoven or when I'm playing piano music in the background, because it just inspires me. Something else you can do is stay offline while you're writing. I know it can be very tempting to check your email. It can be very tempting to check your Facebook messages, your Instagram messages, your LinkedIn messages. But if you stay offline while you're writing, it means that you are 
laser focused and it prevents the temptation to keep checking messages or chatting with friends. Something else you can do is take regular breaks. Go, go for a walk for a few minutes, call a client, call a friend when you are taking some downtime, but you will go much, much further if you laser focus, reward yourself with a break and go back to it once again. Don't be afraid to edit and change things along the way. I've already alluded to some of this, but here's something that's really, really important. When I was writing the dad book, for example, I did a lot of writing and as I was reviewing, I decided to take some of the stories out because I couldn't figure out how to spin them into a positive lesson. One thing to remember is the thing that you write down, the thing that's in print, that's your legacy. And that's what people will remember. They will remember that you said it. So I wanted to make sure that the lessons that I taught uh, made made him look like the hero. And I didn't necessarily need to be the hero in the story because I was learning from him. And so sometimes when you're learning, you make mistakes. Sometimes you make horrible mistakes. Sometimes you say and do stupid things. But I wanted to make sure that these were lessons that my dad taught me. So be sure that you are not afraid to edit and change things along the way. People also want you to be authentic. So this is another thing you can do along the way while you're writing. Readers are not looking for perfection from you. They do expect to read a book that isn't full of mistakes, but they are not expecting you to be perfect. Think about our favorite heroes, Superman, Batman, any characters on television, they are flawed. And we love them for it because it makes them more humid, human, excuse me. They are not expecting you to be perfect. Your message, your message, and it makes you relatable. Now, in my dad book, I shared about how I experienced some financial difficulties. And there was a time where I had to ask for help more than I was comfortable with. And that took a lot of courage, not only for me to ask, but also to share that out loud in a book. But I'm glad I did because I'm in a very different place now than I was then. I had a client one time who did a book about overcoming addiction. He shared that he went to jail four times before he got sober for good. It took some courage for him to admit that. But it's part of his story and his message, his message. I had another client who shared about his journey getting to the Olympics and how he succeeded and failed many times before he finally won medals at the 2008 Beijing Summer Games. So people want to know that, yeah, I can do that, too. I can overcome that situation, too. If they failed before they succeeded, I don't feel quite so bad about all the times that I've failed, too. And when you're done, it's a good idea to reread the book and edit it, even if you need to hire an editor. It makes your book a lot stronger in the end. So once you're done, you will be ready to get your book formatted and published. And that's what we will talk about when we come back from the break. I cannot believe we are almost at our final break already. So stay with us. We will talk about getting your book ready. We will talk about getting your front and back cover designed. We will talk about releasing your book. We will talk about marketing and publishing your book. We'll talk about all of that when we come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. 
With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. From the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. It's words you never heard. Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio, and here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and down the stretch we come. If you have not gotten my latest book, which I've talked about a little bit on this show, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From My Dad. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is available, and the paperback version is available, and I've had some great, great feedback about it. So uh, leave a review if you buy it and you really like it. I would really appreciate that. So let's just say that your book is done. You've done all the writing and you've done some editing. Now it's time to get your book ready to be published. You can do what I did and go look on Fiverr or on Upwork to format your book to get published. I now have a VA who handles all of that for me. And so the advantage to that is she's available whenever I need her. And I don't have to wait very long for her to respond. If you look on Fiverr, or on Upwork, you might frequently get someone who's not in the United States, which means someone's in a completely different time zone. The advantage is they can work on stuff while you're sleeping, but if you have questions, you might need to wait a few hours before they get back to you. But it's very inexpensive. It's very reasonable. In fact, you can probably get your book formatted for you know two or $300, so or maybe even less. And you can ask to see samples of their work if they're willing to provide that for you. You can also get your front and back cover design. Again, Fiverr and Upwork or a graphic designer can do this for you. In fact, find someone who will give you multiple versions and then ask your Facebook groups or your audience which ones they like best. Sometimes there's a clear winner. Sometimes the winner is not the one you would have picked. And sometimes a combination of several of the covers might be the solution. I'll tell you how the story of my dad book cover happened. I had my VA mock up three different examples. And there was one that was a clear winner over the other two. The other two weren't bad, but there was a clear winner. But then a couple of people said, 
if this is a story about lessons you learn from your dad, why is there only an adult in the picture? Shouldn't there be a small child in the picture too? I thought, wow, that's actually a really great idea. So I gave that feedback to my VA and she mocked up five more covers with an adult and a young child. And it was hard to choose. The feedback was pretty evenly split among the five because they all resonated with people a little bit differently. I ended up picking one. And it ended up working out just great. But just be prepared for feedback because sometimes people will say, I like this picture, but I like like the font on this one. So mixing and matching is fine. But you want feedback from people who are likely to buy the book because like it or not, we do tend to judge a book by its cover. And if people don't like the cover, they might not be inclined to even pick it up and look at it. They might not even be inclined to look at the preview on Amazon. If they like the cover, they might look. If they don't like the cover, they may not even bother. So mock up several examples and have people vote on the one they like the best. Now, once the book is in PDF form, reread it again. Things will look different for you than it did in a Word document. Things will jump out at you differently. In fact, I see mistakes in the PDF version that I did not see when I saw it in Word. So reread it again once it's in PDF. Now, once you have it in PDF form and you're going through final edits, you might have a pretty good idea of what the release date might look like. So tease that on social media in advance. Have multiple memes created so that you can share one a day. With my dad book, I had my VA mock-up, I think, seven different memes. And we used different pictures. Some were of me, some were of my dad, some had both me and my dad in them. But there was a photo of my book cover in one of the corners, and then there was a saying, and then the picture. So it teased the idea of the book coming out. And so have multiple memes that you can create and share one a day. Do Facebook Lives to tease the release of your book. Have friends or podcasters interview you in advance. That's a great way to get the message out because now you're taking advantage of their audience. If you are doing a collaborative book, have people in the book host you and do Facebook Lives or interview you on their show because they're in the book too. So that's another great way to access other people's audiences. Have a, tr- a trusted group of people to share and promote. It's easier if you have multiple collaborators in a book. Now, one example, uh, when I did my Conversations with High Achievers book, and I alluded to this earlier, I did a Facebook Live every day about one idea in one of the chapters. And I did a Facebook Live every day for a month. So that's a great way to keep reusing the same content or different content in the book over and over again to promote multiple times. If your book is on a timely topic, you can tie promotions into the topic. For example, my dad book came out three weeks before Christmas. And so people bought the book for their dads for Christmas or for family members. I will do another promotion before Father's Day for people who didn't buy it the first time. And I plan on doing some media around that, you know, being on people's podcasts and hopefully getting on television a few times and on radio a few times to promote this before Father's Day because it's a book about dads. So that's a great time to promote. So when you are promoting your book, one thing you want to do is to create a list of media that you want to be in. If you can come up with, for example, a a top 100 list of media that you want to be in, whether it's television shows, whether it's radio shows, local, regional, national, whatever the case is, will you get on all of them? Maybe, maybe not, but it's a, it's a wish list. So get contact information. In fact, I have Uh, sources that have found uh, contact information for some very really great shows and I plan on reaching out to those when I do my big media push do a press release 
Hire it done by a professional if you've never done it before. The first time I did this, my press release got picked up by over 200 outlets, over 200 outlets, including Yahoo Finance, but I got zero responses. You know why? It's because I didn't follow up with any of them. I didn't realize you could actually do that. And so the next time I do a press release, I'm going to follow up with every single outlet that picked me up, and I'm going to call them or reach out to them and say, hey, I noticed that you picked up the press release about my book. I would love to be available to uh, talk about my book with your audience further. Something else you can do is have a book release party and invite people. They will buy your book, or if they already have bought your book, they will ask you to sign it. Provide refreshments and uh, you know plan on you know an hour and a half to two hours where people can gather together and just get to know each other. People have done some networking at my book release parties and they've gotten to know each other. And so it's really great when I can introduce friends to each other who don't know each other yet, because that makes for some fascinating conversation. Do book signings. That's another thing that you could do to promote your book. Before COVID, I did 15 or more Barnes & Noble bookstore signings, and I always had new people uh, buy my book. Now, you when you do a bookstore signing, you can't just sit there behind the table and expect people to just walk up to you, because when people go to Barnes & Noble or any bookstore, they are there for their reasons and not yours. Most often they come into your store, not because you're there, but because they have something specific they want to do. So stand up, talk to people who enter the store, engage in conversation. And you can also get really creative with book signings. If you're not doing a bookstore signing in a bookstore, you can do other things. If your book is about a creative topic, you can do a bookstore signing in an art gallery. You can reach out to an art gallery and see if you can do a bookstore signing there. I had a guest on my show one time who was known as the cowboy philosopher. He did a book signing while sitting on a horse. It was memorable. It was completely consistent within his brand. And so that's something that I still talk about to this day. He did a book signing while sitting on a horse. And he got media coverage because who does that? Who signs a book sitting on a horse? Well, this guy did, the cowboy philosopher. I remember it all the way, you know, years from now, years, years ago. This happened years ago, and I still remember and talk about it. So... Once you have your book done, what revenue streams are now available to you now that your book is done? Well, like I mentioned earlier, speaking on stage is easier because now you're perceived as an authority. You also now have something to sell from stage. Or alternatively, the event planner may buy a copy for everyone in your audience and you can sign them at the end of your talk. I've done this. As an example, when I did my leadership book, my student leadership book, one school bought 55 copies for everyone in their honors class, and they read the book in class before I got there. It was surreal to see how many people highlighted the book and made notes in the margins. Some asked really great questions while I was signing their books, and another school that I spoke for invited me to come back and do a commencement speech several months after I did their original talk for their school. So it can lead to opportunities. Another great thing you can do is to create masterminds. It's a great way to educate and dive deep into your topic of expertise while getting paid very, very well. Let's say that your book is about book writing. You can do a yearly mastermind around different topics relating to that book. You can create a course like I'm going to do around the idea that I'm talking about now. You can host live events. It's another way to deep dive with your audience about your area of expertise, whether it's live or whether it's virtual. You can also do coaching. Whether it's a group coaching scenario or whether it's one-on-one. -on -one. I did a mastermind once with someone who made, or I was in a mastermind once with someone who made a quarter million dollars a year coaching people on how to build, this, build a business around quilting. Yes, I said that. Quilting. A quarter million dollars a year about how to build a quilting business. You can make money around anything if you are creative enough. So, we've talked about a lot of things relating to writing a book. After all of this, you may still wonder... Should I still do this myself? 
or should I possibly hire this out? Well, let's talk about briefly the differences between hiring a ghostwriter and doing it yourself. There are advantages each way. If you do hire someone to do it for you, they've done it before. And if you are hiring somebody, ask questions, ask to see samples of their work. They can walk you through all the steps of how they will get this done for you. They will likely do it faster than if you did it yourself, especially if you don't have time. I know people who were well-intentioned, but three years later, they still hadn't gotten around to writing their book. And it's a better return on your time. One thing I want you to always remember, never forget, rich people spend money to save time, poor people spend time to save money. Let me say that again, louder for the people in the back. Rich people spend money to save time, poor people spend time to save money. Now, if you do it yourself, you'll save money on the writer. You'll still probably have to pay an editor, a graphic designer, and a printer to get copies of your book done. If you have a deadline that you can meet yourself, you could probably write it by yourself. If you are properly inspired, you can probably also write it yourself. But if you do want help, and this is what I help people do, I can ghostwrite for you. I also coach people through the process of writing their book. You can visit writeabookforyou.com. That's everything spelled all the way out. Writeabookforyou.com. The letter, the number, the four is F-O-R. It's not the number four. I didn't get cute with this. Writeabookforyou.com, and you can set up a time on my calendar if you want to have that conversation. We talked about a lot of great reasons why you should write a book. We talked about reasons why people don't write books. We talked about how you can get started. We talked about how to generate content for your book very frequently. It's from content you may have already created yourself. We've talked about revenue streams. We've talked about the idea of getting your book cover designed, your book laid out and formatted. We've talked about the value of hiring that out if you do not have graphic design skills. If you want help with all of that, once again, writeabookforyou.com. Get on my calendar. I would be honored to have a conversation with you about what that could possibly look like. I want to thank you for joining me here today. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join me every week where I usually talk to a world-class expert. There are times where I occasionally do the show by myself, but I do usually interview world-class experts about the thing that they are really, really good at and how we can learn from their journey. We can learn from their mistakes and join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I talk to someone else. Until next week, have a great one, everyone. Thank you for joining me. It was an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.